0: Welcome to episode 92 of the Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie and producer, Johnny Pham. Uh, this might be Dalton's flu game tonight. This is the holiday week, uh, Thanksgiving, as as we all know. So we're doing it a little bit earlier this week and a little bit of a shorter show, but we're still bringing one to you. Dalton, how, how are you doing besides the fact that you may have the flu? I'm I'm thriving. <laughs> I'm surviving for anybody out there who was impacted by last night's Monday night football <laughs> debacle. Just know I'm with you. I hear you. I think you're probably one of the few who was impacted in the specific way that you were. Yeah. For anybody interested, the benching, nobody the is go ahead Arizona Cardinals offense with 10 minutes in the fourth quarter resulted in me losing by 0.6 points which means all I needed was one catch from either DeAndre Hopkins or James Conner. And I had George Kittle on the other side of the ball. I literally needed one catch. <laughs> well, it's okay. I uh, I defeated uh, producer Johnny Pham in a league where I am trying to lose. So it was a bad fantasy football weekend for all three of us. And one of us actually won their game. So that's a little... A little backwards, but it is what it is. Uh, guys, we've got players we're thankful for today, kind of sticking with the Thanksgiving spirit of things this week. We'll have a couple of Who's That Pokemon guys at the end of the show as well. You know, be- before we get there, though, Giant and I were talking about Thanksgiving plans. Uh, Dalton, you-, you jumped on as we were finishing that conversation. I feel like probably one of our most popular, I don't know if you want to call it segments or like social media tweets was uh the lunchable debacle way back in the day we did a thanksgiving like build your own meal last year just curious if you guys have any like hot thanksgiving food takes that that you're ready to get off your chest with with the big day being two days away from this recording who wants green bean casserole i kind of do okay like it's not like it's it's not first choice but it's it's on the plate if it's there it's on the plate I put it on my plate just so when I get two rounds of dessert, people think I was really hungry, but I don't eat it. It's just there to be there. And then I throw it away when no one's looking <laughs> stay toxic. My, yes. my hot Thanksgiving take, I'm finding out as we, as my family and I talk about like food for the holidays and stuff. And what, what we're going to have is I don't really like I could do without any of the traditional Thanksgiving desserts outside of like uh, pecan pie. I'll, I'll have, I'll have pecan pie. Mainly, I don't really like pumpkin pie. As I've gotten older, the the less and less I like pumpkin pie. Like, just put a pumpkin cheesecake out. It's a lot better. It is ten, it is ten times better. When'd you get bougie? <laughs> <laughs> I Dude, do not he buys a pump, house and now he needs pumpkin cheesecake. A pumpkin. She, have you guys ever had pumpkin cheesecake? It, it it just like it basically tastes very similar to the pumpkin pie, but instead of uh pardon my French, dry ass crust, you get the good like graham crackery type of crust that's on cheesecake. I I I really well the conversation has been this year this year because we've been talking about different pies and stuff that that we're gonna have, but I've been a an anti-pumpkin pie guy for a while now i ate it when i was a kid because i was too scared to try it. the other pies like they have fruit and stuff in it but the, the old, cause I, whenever i ate pumpkin pie as a kid i would never eat the crust i still don't i leave like the entire back crust on the plate every time yeah or just give me pumpkins just give I me also, it, so just give me pumpkin cheesecake last hot take ham better than the turkey oh yeah i don't even so, i don't, i don't really think that's a hot take well then why does everybody have goddamn turkeys? <laughs> I think it's just because it's it's a tradition and also because a lot of people, uh, when I say a lot of people, I, I really just mean a lot of white people have have ham for Christmas. So it, it kind of it's tough to do ham back to back. I wish we were doing ham because we've kind of adopted a tradition of crab legs every Christmas the last handful of years. <laughs> well, I'm not like gonna this economy. <laughs> I'm not going to have any any cheesecake for for this for this Thanksgiving. But Oh yeah, crab legs for we, We've done I think Alex and I have done that and my family too when we get together with them for at least a couple of years, at least 3, 4, 5 years. Yeah, something like that, like like 4 years. Crab legs are really not like <laughs> Johnny, any any Thanksgiving hot takes before we get on to the actual show here. Well, so what 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 time do you eat? 2. I I think it's crazy to wait till dinner time because if you eat it at lunch, then you get leftovers for dinner. Like what why what are you doing for lunch if you're not eating your Thanksgiving around lunchtime? So Johnny, I, I know you're a you're a cold lunchable guy. Are you a cold leftover guy? Like I, I know people who will do like a roll if you have good rolls and like put, put the cold turkey between it, and just eat it that way. Really, you're not a cold pizza guy, but you're a cold, you're you're a cold lunchable guy, but not a cold pizza guy. Whole whole different topic. Whole different topic. Okay, before we jump into the actual topics, a couple of news items I want to at least touch on and acknowledge that they are happening. Justin Fields suffered a left shoulder dislocation. I think the quote from Ian Rapoport's tweet is he somehow played through it on Sunday. So I'm a little unclear as to when in the game it happened, but it happened. He played through it. He's being called day to day, but he also has not been ruled out for not is not been ruled out that he could be out for the season was also in the same tweet. So we've got a very wide range of things going on. If fields were out for the season, that would be a major bummer if he misses significant time. That would obviously be a major bummer. As KU football fans, we are familiar with the struggles of coming back from a shoulder injury. Now this is non-throwing, so that maybe helps. But also, Dalton, I think you and I agree, and Johnny, I'm sure you would too, that if he's hurt, what are the three and eight bears throwing him back out there for? Like We know he's good, right? Like we, We may have some issues with his game overall right now, but we know he's good, and we know he should be their quarterback next year, so I think they should be treating this one pretty carefully. Yeah. I mean, next year they have $130 million in cap space. Um, they want to lose games. Like I think it was big cat at part of my take who said <laughs> Justin Fields is great at doing just enough to make him look good, but still lose the game, which yeah. is what you want as a bears fan right now. He is the tank commander. And I'm sure Matt Getz and the coaching staff wanted to see what Justin Fields can do. And I think we have a good enough resume to know mm-hmm. they should run with him next year. You, you know, the Bears are going to be literally run, him. Run, literally run with them. Yeah. Run run with run with them in every way possible. Look All at Baltimore field? and yes. copy their style of play. Um, but there's no point for them to put him out there. And if he gets a worse injury and he starts to miss the start of next season, it feels like they're gonna have back-to-back lost seasons, and then you're three years through on his deal on a five-year quarterback deal. Mm-hmm. And that's when you want your sweetheart time to try to, you know, to win some playoff games. So mm-hmm. They, I mean, I hope they shut him down from a fantasy perspective. You probably aren't hoping so, but I think there's a really good likelihood if there's any chance of re-aggravating or injuring it, they don't roll him out there. If he gets shut down, is David Montgomery the only startable guy uh, for fantasy teams the rest of the season? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's either Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney after that. Both are startable with fields and without, I agree, probably not. Yeah. I would I I wouldn't even feel comfortable starting Montgomery, but he's going to get dog workhorse because he's <laughs> the only guy there. Yep. Uh, Kyle Pitts Torres MCL. Uh, he is out for the season, it seems. And I guess where I wanted to start before we get to ju- just a couple of cheap streaming replacements that that we can think of is let's think about this from a next year perspective for for Kyle Pitts. We know it's been a struggle this year. He's outside the top 12 in points and points per game. He has been not just a bust, just not startable, plain and simple, at the tight end position, which is not easy to do. Usually, if a mid-round tight end is a bust, they are still at least startable for your team. And for the most part, he has not been. Dalton, I'm just going to play a name game with you here, and let's see how many guys we can name before – we get to Kyle Pitts for, All for next season All in, in the order of draft. Travis Kelsey. We're taking Kelsey, right? He's got to be pretty old. Eh. Uh, yes, eh. of course, we're taking Kelsey. Mark Andrews. We're both taking Mark Andrews. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson? Why not? Who's, George, well, who's quarterbacking Atlanta? I mean, I think that plays well that Yeah, it, it, it does. And that that's definitely an unknown right now. And that's why this is just a fun conversation. And we are guessing we, I mean, we are. We, we are not going to have to stick with this rank in August. if things I know I right. do this all the time, but it depends on his ADP at that point. But I would rather take the more talented player. And I still think Kyle Pitts is more talented than Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson yes. I, I, I would take Hawkinson. Disgusting. Uh, Pretty easily right now. He's tied in three right now, and I think he's like he—he's in that Dallas Goddard tier of not Kelsey and not Andrews, but he's better than the average guy. Uh, Speaking of Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard or Kyle Pitts? Dallas Goddard. Same for me as well. George Kittle or Kyle Pitts? I hate George Kittle right now, but (laughs) George Kittle. Pat Friermuth. The Or Kyle Pitts. He's luth. Me too. And I, from there, I think the next guys up are like Cole Komet, David Njoku, Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, depending on where he lands. Those, those I just all, hate Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I, I don't like him either, and he's probably not going to be back in Dallas. So you can guess the situation probably won't be as ideal as it yeah. is now. But So I, that, that's a, a long way of saying you have him like a tight end 5-6-ish right now. I have him tight end 6-7. slash Somewhere in there, don't think it's impossible. He ends up there. You said it. It does depend on who the quarterback is. Is it the the young kid they have right now? I don't think they're going to be bad enough to to draft a quarterback with like a top five pick. That they, they are somehow still winning enough games that that they're going to be in like that ten to fifteen to eighteen type of draft range. Yeah. Well, it also depends on Arthur Smith. If he's there next year, and I think he's going to be, it's realistically hard for me to overdraft any of their passing options. I mean, Drake London has been immensely talented. He has one drop all season, it's the highest among all rookies. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Pitts was getting the most frustrating usage because they wanted to run the ball. And it's, I mean, Arthur Smith did the same thing in Tennessee with. AJ Brown, where there was just limited usage, despite there's a very highly talented player. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I, I will not be taking him. And we weren't taking him at the three, four turn, but I think he belongs to like the five, six, six, seven area just because the coaching is holding him back. And and it's certainly doing a really good job doing it there. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Uh, a couple more things. I guess cheap, cheap streaming replacements. Dalton, is there anybody? that kind of jumps out to you that has probably available. Like maybe Jawan Johnson is still on your waivers and he just can't stop scoring touchdowns. That's one that jumps out to me. Uh, Taysom Hill, like two guys from the same team, maybe either of those guys are on waivers and you take a shot at them. Other than that, like, man, it's like Gerald Everett. (laughs) Yeah. I I went with uh, Kate Otten. Yeah. For the Buccaneers. I think his, his snap counts are going up and it's looking hopeful. Greg Dulcich, I don't know if he's still out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, that's, a great that's another one. one I like. I don't like Festival the Broncos at all, but it seems they want to feature tight ends more than wide receivers. Uh Robert Tunyon is another guy. I think the Packers might get it together. And then just Will Disley. Um I picked two guys coming off by intentionally as well because I think that they're more likely to be available mm-hmm. in Will Disley and Kate Otten. Mm-hmm. And the Buccaneers also have like the sixth easiest pass schedule going forward, and they're five and five and can still make the playoffs. With Tom Brady so I'm always happy to take a team like that well it's probably either going to be the Bucks or the Falcons in that division so I would say probably probably the Bucks uh two two more things that I just want to touch on not much conversation to be had here but just to make note of Melvin Gordon fumbled again Sunday inside the five he has been cut Chase Edmonds has a high ankle sprain. So when you talk about the Broncos, you have Latavius Murray. I guess Marlon Mack was on their practice squad, which I did not know. And perhaps they'll be assigning somebody else. Maybe that somebody else is Daryl Henderson who was cut by the Rams and is now a free agent. Um, not a whole lot of use in speculating until we know where he goes. But just, just worth noting. And then Melvin Gordon, is he did clear waivers, so he is a free agent. He can go wherever. I'm not sure it really is matters a whole lot though if i had to bet he'll end up in baltimore it's possible although they're they're saying dobbins could maybe play this week and if not this week it seems like maybe next week so they they may finally be on the verge of of a healthy backfield with with gus edwards also probably playing this week yeah. after being a late scratch against the panthers and, and they they definitely could use it yeah, they really could. Their run game has been apathetic, to say the least. And they can only put up 13 points on the Panthers when their run game is that bad, apparently. So, yeah, they they need the backs. Uh, Dalton, real quick before we jump into our actual segments here, we have a question in chat. Should I trade away Barkley and George Pickens for, I'm assuming, Kenneth Walker and Chris Godwin? This is PPR. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Godwin has a higher upside than George Pickens. Um especially in PPR League, he's getting like 12, 13 targets a game. Um, Kenneth Walker and Saquon Barkley are pretty eye-to-eye to to me, Mm -hmm. but the Seahawks have just done a better job of moving the ball up and down the field, and that just really lends itself to more success. The Giants, without Saquon Barkley doing well, really can't move the ball that well, and their passing options with Rondell Robinson tearing his ACL are significantly down. Well, we'll put it this way. Um, you're basically trading just top of head rest of season ranks for me. You're basically trading a top three running back and a top 36 receiver for a top eight running back and a top 15 receiver. Yeah. So I'm I'm doing that one all day. One more just came in. Trade Zeke for Mike Evans or Amari Cooper. Yes, I'm trading Zeke for either one of those guys. Yeah. Trade him off that two touchdown game because it should be – Tony Pollard show going forward. We know it won't be, but he I think has a chance to at least finally be the lead guy. Maybe yeah. more on that later. Okay. Trade Z questions are always just yes. <laughs> All right. We can start with uh with who's a couple of who's that Pokemon. Um who'd you rather take? I would I would still shoot for Mike Evans, I think. I, I would I would guess that Amari Cooper is probably at the apex of his value, even with Deshaun Watson coming back, there's more uncertainty there. I think with with Deshaun, even though it's been up and down for the Bucks, Dalton, what 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 do you think? Um, yeah, I'm definitely still going with Mike Evans. Uh, like I said, they're coming out of buy, which I think is very important to mm-hmm. the success for the Bucks. And I kind of hinted at it last week, but I I still think Donovan People Jones might be the more successful wide receiver. I know Amari Cooper was just a wide receiver too this week. Um, but his underlying usage and his frustration of a player, I just don't really want to own, especially for making a playoff push. I think Mike Evans is going to be the better value. I agree. Okay, time for Who's That Pokemon? Who's That Pokemon? All right, this guy, Johnny, you can pop back in whenever you'd like uh, to guess. In the games he has played this year, he's a receiver. He's in the AFC. In the games he's played this year, he's averaging almost 14 points per game, 13.8. That would put him at, the, at wide receiver 10 in points per game on the season of guys who have played at least six games, which, sorry, Michael Thomas, that is my way of cutting you out the list because you've only played three games this season. His 7.9 targets per game this year are exactly equal to his 7.9 targets per game last year. Now, of course, that number could be a little bit higher. I, you know, the key thing I mentioned was in the games he's played, start to finish. So you can surmise that he's had some uh, some injury concerns this year. He's a top twenty wide receiver, but he's only twenty first in the NFL in air yards. He is one spot behind Mac Hollins and one spot ahead of Darnell Mooney in air yards this year. And to take that a step further, his twenty percent. Um, air yardage share on his team is about 10% less than Mooney. So Mooney's is a, is a pure, like he's the number one in the offense. This guy, eh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Um, last thing I'll say before I give you guys a chance to guess over the past calendar year, his yards per route run ranked eighth in the NFL over the past calendar year. So taking into account, basically, from this point on last year and then this year up until right now Eddie plays in the AFC plays in the AFC hmm. he gets injured I feel like this is like a T Higgins <laughs> yes it's a T Higgins it was oh. it was, I knew the injury thing was going to make it kind of obvious but I just wanted to give T Higgins a little bit of a shout out coming off of his best game of the season yeah best game of the season because he had 19 points without a touchdown this week and half point That that's pretty difficult to do nine catches 148 yards and the other guys that are above him I'll just give you the full yards per route run list to give you an idea of what class of receiver he's been in the last calendar year Tyree Kills, number one, Cooper Cup, two, Justin Jefferson, three, A.J. Brown, four, Jalen Waddle, five, Devontae Adams, six, Amon Ross and Brown, seven, T. Higgins, eight, Chris Olave, hello, number nine, and Stefan Diggs, number 10. A little odd that Jamar Chase wasn't on there. But, I mean, T. Higgins only has three touchdowns this year. His career high is six, which he's done each of his first two seasons. If that, if that touchdown rate can pick up for a guy who's 6'4", 200-plus pounds, the production profile could start to look a lot different, and it's already looking pretty good, even with his injuries this year. Yeah, but Evan, you can't have two top 12 wide receivers on a team. Well, right now, I can't remember what he finished last year, but right now he's the wide receiver 16, and I think Chase is down around wide receiver like 12 to 15 right now. They're both pretty close to each other. And Higgins has left two games very early with injury, so they're at a pretty similar games played right now. I I think the Bengals, after all their struggles early in the season, are still going to finish with two top twelve guys, and we would probably not have thought that through a month of the season. Yeah, no, they definitely look better than they started their season off with. Mm-hmm. All right, my next guy. I'll need to give us one who's that po- one Pokemon drop this time. My next guy is a running back. He plays in the NFC. He is a top 20 running back just in total points this season. He's only played more than 50% of his team's snaps four times this year. He did, however, just play his highest snap share of the season at 68% last week and tied his season high in touches. Last week, he ran routes on 69% of his team's passing plays, played about two-thirds of their short yardage downs, played 100% of their two-minute snaps, and he had a 14% target share. In the last three weeks, he is 10th among running backs and targets, 10th in rushing attempts, 12th in rushes inside the five, and his yards per route run ranks 7th among running backs. So this guy's got pretty good usage the last couple of weeks or so. He's finished as a top 16 running back four of the last five weeks, and he only has two games outside of the top 30 this year. You're laughing. Would this guy be considered like a bust after four weeks of the season when a certain running back returned to his team? <laughs> Man, that was very obvious with these today. Very obvious. It's Antonio I a, Gibson, isn't I, it? I, I just had an agenda to talk about Gibson and T. Higgins. Oh, week. I knew it. You were sitting there, and you were like, yeah, he's had a really good last two weeks. And I was like, well, I know for a fact, uh, J.D. McKissick's been on IR the last two weeks, yes. and the Washington Commanders offense has looked good. And when you started mentioning the passing stuff, I was looking at his passing chart before the, our pod today. Wow. So what unfortunately luck. for you. What luck. Uh, the fact that he's only finished outside of the top 30 twice this year, though, you said he could be considered a bust through the first four weeks or so, but he's only been outside the top 30, so you've only been truly upset if you started him twice this season he he's been good and when you think about this last week he basically gave himself up on a play where he could have scored a touchdown but it was a burn the clock situation had he run eight more yards and scored that touchdown he'd be the rb 14 this season ahead of guys like travis etienne damian pierce and alvin Kamara. so kind of a very low-key good season from antonio gibson that could get a lot better because everything is trending quite well for him right now. Yeah, well, and the surprising thing to me, and what I didn't know, was if he was going to reach that top 20 threshold you said. Mm-hmm. He is the RB, I, I think it's RB 18 right now. But like I said, he'd be the RB 14 if he just scored that touchdown. So he, he is very, very close to a fringe RB 1, which I don't think any of us would have thought before the season. And then I don't think any of us would have thought when Brian Robinson came back and was immediately the guy like that, that Gibson could have ever got back to this point. But it's unfair to say this is just what Robinson is going to be because he was shot in the leg <laughs> before the season. So maybe he looks better next year. But for now, Gibson is by far the best running back on this roster, I think, and yeah. should be treated as such in, in fantasy. Well, and it is easy to have a good fantasy week when your team runs the ball 50 times like they did two weeks ago. That's very true. Uh, but you you also have to not get stopped in order to be able to run the ball that many times, which they, they really did not by the Eagles. So That is true. So, okay, Dalton, couple guys we're thankful for, and then we can hop out of here. I'll let you go since I had both the Who's That Pokemon today. Well, I'll start off with one um, that's just made this fantasy season a little more fun in a lot of ways. Uh, I went with Geno Smith. Mm. So right now he's the QB seven post buy, and this is a year where like the streaming of quarterbacks is basically, it died. Like it was really hard for people yeah. to stream effective quarterbacks. Guys like Derek Carr and Kirk cousins have had a lot more up and down volatility. Daniel Jones is the QB 12 right now. And he's had nine point games uh, streaming wise. Justin Fields might've been somebody who got off the waiver wire. Well, Aaron Rodgers is QB 11. And we know how that's looked for about yeah. half the games this year. Um, But Geno Smith is definitely a guy that got off waivers. His draft percentage was like at 6% when I looked at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he is the fifth most top 12 finishes of any quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, He's also made this entire Broncos debacle so much more fun to watch (laughs) because like, it is so much easier to hate how bad the Broncos are doing when you can realize that Russell Wilson was the problem. Mm -hmm. For anybody on fantasy Twitter, you probably saw the chart going around today. If Russell Wilson will have more touchdown passes than he has (laughs) toilets in his house, uh, it would be 13 touchdown passes to tie that number. No, I think it's right I think it's 12 toilets, So 13 beats 13 that to number. beat it. And he's at seven right now. I think. Yep. Um. So it's actually going to be a race to finish it. Um. And then like the first week they they win their game and Geno Smith is like they wrote me off. I didn't write back. Yep. But it's just so rare you see an NFL journeyman travel around and come into a team and like legitimately look like a starter again. And it's good to see the story. And for fantasy, he's one of the only consistent streaming options that was out there for the people who are still team late round quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I have the quarterback list pull up right now. He has already had his buy, which most guys have, but some guys like Marcus Mariota and Aaron Rodgers, to name a few, have not. Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler, well, Kyler's missed sometimes. So Kyler actually is behind. He is QB seven ahead of Kyler Murray right now, (laughs) averaging about 1.3 points less, but He's QB7. When you, once you get past the Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, he is the first man up in that next tier of guys and he like like you said, he has definitely been a savior for a lot of people this year and is a a great guy for this list because he is he has saved many a fantasy team this year and the Seahawks <laughs> and the yeah. Seahawks Well, he's made the Seahawks fun. I mean, he kept DK and Tyler Lockett alive. Kenneth Walker gets easy lanes. Like, he kept – like, it was so depressing all offseason. That's a great point, and that's probably even more important than his QB7 status is he has made it so all of those weapons that we all loved in the past, we we can still love them just as much now. They're still just as awesome now. I'm so excited to spend all offseason telling everybody they're underrating Tyler Lockett for the fourth straight year. Gosh. Uh, that's that's uh, an exhausting conversation. I'm pulling up receivers right now. DK Metcalf is wide receiver twenty four, but of course he's had his bye, um, so not quite peak DK Metcalf. But I would say on points per game, just blind look here. He's probably like in the in the low teens, and then Lockett, not too far behind. I don't know where he is Uh Yeah, I can't find Tyler Lockett. Uh, oh, he's well, actually above. He's above. Yeah, wide receiver 12, yeah. 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 12 in well, PPR four. or half PPR. I have 14. We always are like slightly off on the we ranks. I don't, I don't know how, how we manage that. But anyway, yeah, long story short, uh, Geno Smith, a guy that we are thankful for, for what he's done, for his own value, and also the value of those around him. And then my, my first guy, did, did you leave Kelsey on your list? I brought three just in case you have Kelsey. So No, we I ahead. I left him okay. to you since we talked about it. But okay. we we're both very thankful for him. All right. I'll, I'll give my honorable mention here, for, here first real quick. We, I, I've mentioned him in passing today. It's Joe Burrow. Since week five, he's finished as the QB one three times. He's been a top eight QB two other times. Only one bad game against the Browns, QB 22. In there, he's the QB five. We just mentioned it. Position's been pretty light, unreliable guys. So just great that another guy's kind of emerged into that elite tier, and it's been great for his weapons. Obviously, that that he's been awesome this year and more consistent than last year. Anything to add on Burrow before we go, Kelsey? Yeah, I still hate Joe Burrow. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, so just remarkable what what he's doing this year at age thirty three. That wouldn't matter how old he is. What what he's doing is remarkable. This year, he is averaging 6.7 points per game more than the tight end two in half point scoring, which is Mark Andrews. He is at 18.9 points per game. I didn't even look at what that would be among receivers, but I have that pulled up now. And that is tied with Stefan Diggs for the wide receiver one in points per game at 18.9. Yeah, only Austin Eckler, Stefan Diggs, and Cooper Cup are averaging more points per game than Travis Mm -hmm. Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, bar none, the guy's incredible. Since 2015, I went and looked at the separation between the tight end one and tight end two at season's end. Now, of course, to be clear, we still have six more weeks of of fantasy before this is final, so the gap will probably close. But right now, that 6.7, the biggest gap since 2015 was in 2020 also by travis kelsey when he was 3.9 points per game better than the tight end too i could only go back to 2015 i wanted to go back to 2012 and do a full 10 years but they don't have half point uh scoring going back on fantasy pros looking at, at the standings but i did just look at ppr because i was curious and in 2013 jimmy graham averaged five more ppr points than the tight end two, which was Tony Gonzalez in PPR that year. And then in standard scoring, he was like at 2.7 more points per game than I believe Jordan Reed. So that in PPR this year, Kelsey is 7.4 points per game more than Mark Andrews. So just a historic season by Kelsey and a historic gap between the tight end one and tight end two. He has never been more of a league winner and a difference maker than he is for your team right now and just put up 32 points on prime time the other night for all to see at a career high tying 11 touchdowns this season you can probably bank on a career high incoming uh of course with without injury uh god willing his 85.5 yards per game is second only to his 2020 season in his career and in, in yards per game and fourth all time among tight ends So with the extra game, he's probably going to set the, he he would set the record for receiving yards by a tight end if he keeps this pace up. So just an unreal season from Travis Kelsey. I mean, he has more touchdown catches than Russell Wilson has touchdown throws Yeah, by a lot. Almost caught Russell's toilets. Yeah, exactly. He's almost Russell's toilets Uh, (laughs) there. It's already a cheat code to be able to put somebody at the tight end position that outscores, uh, every other tight end but now he's also outscoring every other position mm-hmm. it bar none it looks like all the debates in the offseason about who was going to replace Tyreek Hill's production were just more Kelsey just to give you an idea to even extend it to quarterback like say you're playing in a super flex league and let's just like say let, let's just say you have two tight ends because may, maybe you drafted like Pat Frymuth or Dallas guy or somebody a little bit later and you can start two tight ends. You could start Kelsey at your super flex spot in a super flex league and he would be the quarterback. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the QB nine in points per game right now ahead of, uh, ahead of Geno Smith and behind Kyler Murray. Like he, it it's just ridiculous what this guy is doing this year. Yeah. It's impossible. I don't know how you can have Travis Kelsey and not be a team that has at least seven wins at this point. <laughs> Pretty difficult to to pull that feet off, Dalton. Who who is the next guy you're thankful for? I mean, I had to do it. I know you wouldn't do it, so I had to. But it's Chris Olave. Uh, we spent the better part of. To be clear, years. I he knows I wouldn't do it because he's on my Dynasty team, and yes. I didn't 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 want to just talk about my Dynasty guys all all pod. Yes. Not because I don't wholeheartedly agree with this message. But we spent the better part of six months pounding the hammer as Chris Olave maybe being the best wide receiver in this class. Mm -hmm. Uh, He definitely looks the part. No offense to other players, but he is the wide receiver one of among all rookies in receiving yards. In just fantasy scoring, he's wide receiver 12. He's sixth in the NFL in separation, and he only has five touchdowns this season. He certainly... Has a much higher upside the moment the Saints find an answer at quarterback, or even anything resembling an answer at quarterback, which they they don't have right now. Yes, and he's missed a game and a half, or a half a game, I believe. Um, and he's still the wide receiver twelve. I mean, the guy has done so well. Uh, my draft Chris Olave over Michael Thomas at the start of the season. After the first three weeks, it didn't look good. Yeah, it now looks very good. I'm very happy to have stood on that take. Mm-hmm. Um, but. This is going to be a very exciting player for years to come. And I feel like in fantasy Twitter and the fantasy sports world, he's fallen under the radar a little bit because the Saints have been so atrocious to watch at times. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he's a rookie wide receiver, wide receiver 12. Like he's doing better than Devonta Smith did last year. And Devonta Smith was getting a lot of hype and a lot of accolades. I mean, this could be a very, very transitional star for the league. And I'm I mean, very excited. He's basically doing what Jalen Waddle did last year. From a like, Jalen Waddle was a top twelve type of guy by the end of last season, and that and that's where Olave is uh, right now as well. And you didn't mention it, but I said in our in our group text, our group chat earlier, he is third in the NFL in total air yards this year. Like the air yards have yet to stop for Chris Olave, and the production will at some point follow now it's not like he's wide receiver 11 12 whatever it is but he has the profile of a top five receiver if given a real quarterback like just just for a second let like imagine him on gosh I'm trying to think of a good but not too good team um, just just have him trade places with Jalen Waddle. He's probably putting up the same type of season that Jalen Waddle is, which is wide receiver six right now. Or if you want to put him in an unreal offense like teams that wanted receivers, imagine if the Chiefs were able to draft him in the first round instead of what they did. What what type of receiver? he he would be or interested. jacksonville imagine if he was in jacksonville yeah where christian kirk is basically why Yep. why is there a 10 so right above him he he is a much better player than, than christian kirk and i like christian kirk yeah um and i just i know i like the Jalen waddle comp but even last year like with Jalen waddle it felt a little fake because he got so many targets yeah um with chris Olave i mean he's doing it sometimes with only five or six targets a game yeah. the guy is just incredible. And some of the routes he runs, it transitions so smoothly from college to the NFL, mm-hmm. which which is what everybody was was saying, and that's why we were on him, like for Dynasty, of course, and then obviously this year we were both like, eh, "This is going to translate pretty quick." These type of guys a lot of times do, and and he most certainly has, and yeah, like you said, very excited for. What he could potentially be in the years to come when the Saints get a real quarterback. Now, how will they do that? I don't know because they don't have a first-round pick, and they're going to have a pick that could have got them a real quarterback, but they also would not have Chris Olave if they had that pick. So, it's uh, can't have both. And I guess they'll maybe they'll be the next Aaron Rodgers team. Who's to say? Derek Carr time. Derek Carr. (laughs) I think Derek Carr already is looking at, at high rise high-rise apartments in in new york right now (laughs) i hope that he does play in new york so he he doesn't continue to suck he is going to be a jet okay my last guy before we get out of here dalton is tony pollard a guy that i am very thankful for and especially thankful for this recent run that tony pollard has been on He's only been the starter, technically, if you look at his football reference profile that says he started the first game, I think he played the first snap against Tampa. He wasn't really the starter in that game. Zeke got way more touches. The two games, he's only had two games where he's been the real starter when Zeke wasn't there. He's only topped 15 touches three times, and it's been the last three weeks. The two weeks without Zeke, and then last week in Zeke's first game back. In those three games, he is averaging 155 total yards per game and two touchdowns per game. He is the RB8 on the season, despite only starting two games this year. In that three-week time, he is the RB3 over the last three weeks. His last four games, if you extended that one more game, this is per PFF, 75 touches, 573 total yards, and six total touchdowns. And just, like, some of the touchdowns, like those receptions against the Vikings and some of the plays, like the explosive runs, are just breathtaking. He, he's just an unbelievable player, an explosive player, so much fun to watch. I really, he is one of my favorite guys to watch play in the NFL at this point. He has more yards from scrimmages from CBS than Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara, Jalen Waddle, Travis Kelsey, and Jonathan Taylor this season. And here is the complete list of running backs who have more total yards than Tony Pollard this year. Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, and Dalvin Cook. That's it. That's the list. Tony Pollard has been exceptional this year, and especially lately when he's gotten the volume. Can't predict what the usage will be going forward, but I think the days of us talking about Pollard as a fringe flex with Zeke in the lineup should hopefully be over, cowboy stupidity pending. (laughs) I hate Jerry Jones so much. This is one of those things where you're like your priors are being confirmed yes. so incredibly hard. Yes. Um and I mean like Tony Pollard could have had four touchdowns last yeah. night yeah because because zeke, zeke had two and they were both like "Give me touchdown they were and tony Pollard did the work to get him down there yeah and he is so incredibly fast in the, in the way he plays football that wheel route he scored a touchdown on mm-hmm. was just a thing of beauty i mean he left the minnesota vikings in the dust and here's to hoping that when he's a free agent this year he goes somewhere where they appreciate they respect him and they love him um or the Cowboys just bring him back and cut Zeke because I, I mentioned this to you recently. This is kind of quietly the first off season that Cowboys can cut Zeke. Like they will still pay a cap price, but before it was like 30-something million in dead money. Now it's going to be down to like 11. So it is possible Zeke is not a Cowboy and Tony Pollard is. But just for this season, man, it's been so fun to watch and hoping it continues. I'm not expecting an 80-20, but can we get a 65-35? at least split for pollard or at least like keep pollard as the top guy and play him in the high leverage situations and and let's, like, and let's keep finding a keep finding a way to get him the ball in the passing game too please and yeah throw the ball to him uh one last thing i forgot so far um, chris olave is sixth in nfl history in rookie receiving yards <laughs> Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson, and Odell Beckham and Anquan Bolden are the players above him. Uh, just he's like al- he's already sixth, though. So what What is he on pace for? No, man? per game. I'm sorry. Oh, six, per game. Yeah. I was gonna say he's already sixth. No, sixth like, in the top other, three. Yeah, and yards per game was 76. So, and I mean, it could get better. Like, yeah, rookies get better as the season goes on. That's just like very common knowledge. Um, and I have a feeling he still could play his best ball if Jameis comes back and is just <laughs> psycho Jameis, where he just throws that thing. All right, we've got one more trade question that that we'll answer, and then we're going to hop out of here, Dalton. Trade away, Jacoby Myers. We we don't know the format. And get Patterson, assuming that is Cordero Patterson. The running backs are Kamara, Mixon, Pirine. Wide receivers are Olave, Pittman, Jacoby Myers, Darius Slayton, and Jahan Dotson. Oh, PPR, it says at the end there. I'd probably do the trade. Um... I just don't. Like, the upside with Myers is still – Limited. Cat, very limited. He's a very solid player. And most weeks, you're probably like feeling okay if you start him, but you're almost never going to get the explosion games. Whereas, like, I, I know we kind of poo pooed Patterson last week a little bit because of the committee he was kind of stuck in, it seemed like. But he's by far the best player in that backfield. And he's 32. They're not like saving the tread on the tires for too much longer, I don't think, with him and they are a team who are they're still making a playoff push so they should be getting the ball to, to Patterson I think Patterson is the the upside play if yeah well there's just there. the fragility of running back I mean you have Mixon on your team and he's in the concussion protocol and if you don't start him it's P Ryan mm-hmm. um, despite him being the RB2 in a wild fashion this week I don't really like the idea of starting him and then you have depth at wide receiver. Darius Slayton over the last four weeks is wide receiver 21. Mm-hmm. And with Rondell Robinson out, I just don't know who is going to really be catching passes. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll probably be Slayton. And I know it's been tough sledding for Dotson. most of that is injury. But I I do think, not that you should be starting him and trusting him, like this week, I don't think it's crazy. To think he could work his way into the flex consideration in the next couple of weeks, though, because he he started off the season really awesome, and it's easy to forget that because he's had struggles with injuries. Yeah, and I mean, with how often the Falcons run the ball, it's just it would it's always nice to have a piece of that offense, especially should Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley go down, <laughs> uh, and then you get a better rushing share of that offense. For sure. Dalton, anything else uh to add on any topic before we jump out of here? Can the NFL just start flexing games for Thanksgiving? They suck every year. I I'm actually th- of- I think they're decent this year. I think they're okay. They're okay, but there could just be better ones. I mean, we yes, there could be better ones, but also like the slate actually this week is kind of trash anyway. So when you look at the rest of the slate, it, it kind of is close to as good as you're gonna get. Now, do I wish there was a better primetime game than Vikings-Patriots? Yeah. We do get to at least see primetime Kirk in action, though, and see what that entails. That's always fun. And we could have a real Thanksgiving miracle if the Lions were able to knock off the Bills. I mean, let me just (laughs) check my notes right here. I don't see that one happening, bud. Cowboys and Giants, uh, pretty big NFC East implications. I hate that. I what, hate what, that so much. What if I told you the Cowboys are 1-10 against the spread their last 11 Thanksgiving games? I would believe it because watching the Cowboys on Thanksgiving has been horrible. <laughs> Random status on Twitter that I hope is true, but I think Action Network put it out, so I think it's pretty legit. All right, that's going to do it for us today on episode 92 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always, and hope you all have a wonderful... Thanksgiving holiday. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube. Join us live for the shows. We will answer your trade questions as we did today. Thank you for those of you who hopped in and asked the questions as well. The link to all of those things in the show notes. As always, the show is available any way you listen to your podcast, most notably Spotify and Apple. And we will be back with a full blown show probably looking at some fancy playoff talks starting next week in about a week. Stay tuned for that one.